you're listening to the Canadian Streetlight Podcast with Aaron Hale and Mike Ferrier as your hosts. Subscribe to the podcast at CanadianStreetlight.ca. Soli Deo Gloria. Well, hello and greetings from the northern parts of Canada. This is Aaron Hale, one of your co-hosts. And unfortunately, uh, Mike is not with me here today. Uh, he is just in the process of moving and kind of a season of transition right now. And so I thought I'd just go ahead and do kind of a more informative podcast and uh, just kind of fill you in on on just some more uh, vision as to what we're about at Canadian Streetlight, uh, what we're trying to accomplish through this this ministry and outreach. And uh, I'll just share a few things as well that I have been uh, wrestling with the past few weeks and maybe some things that uh, are on the horizon that uh, we recommend and I think you would be blessed by. And so, uh, first of all, also before I forget, uh, I, 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 mean to, I kept meaning to um, just shout out to Kevin Malcolm who has allowed us to use his music uh, on our podcast and uh, website, and he's an independent artist out of British Columbia, and I uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, he is the one who does the little intro guitar music um, for us, and we'll also be incorporating some of some of his other music in the days to come, but I was uh, very blessed by that man, a dear brother in the Lord, who uh, knows what it is to, to stand for the truth and to even... Uh, pay dearly for doing so, and I uh, respect him greatly. And uh, I think you can actually go on, uh, if you just Google Indie Heaven, and then on Indie Heaven website, you can type in Kevin Malcolm, and you'll find his music there. You can buy some, you can demo it. Uh, solid stuff, uh, very talented musically, but also just uh, lyrically, uh, very solid music, very convicting. And he's a man who writes... Uh, from the depths of his heart and from uh, a life um, truly surrendered to Christ and one who, who battles um, to walk with the Lord. So we, we, we love you, Kevin. We thank you for uh, your music and just, uh, yeah, are blessed, are blessed by that greatly. Uh, I wanted also just to talk a little bit about today as, uh, as Canadian Streetlight, you know, I mean, sometimes... People may stumble across the podcast or the website and just kind of wonder, you know, what what are we about? What are we trying to accomplish uh, through the website, through the podcast, um, through any other things that we, we do in, in regards to outreach? And the verse that, that came to mind when thinking about, you know, kind of a, a summary uh, verse in regards to what we're trying to accomplish, uh, I, I often tend to go back to Titus 1 one as kind of a great uh, description of what we're, we want to be about uh, because this is Paul's own writing uh, and kind of a little glimpse into what he was about in, as he's writing to Titus on the island of Crete who was a young young pastor uh, trained up by Paul and you just uh, I'll just read Titus 1.1 1, 1. it says Paul a servant of God an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began 
and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of our God, our Savior. And then he goes on to Titus, my true child in a common faith. Grace and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus, our Savior. But, you know, just to kind of briefly uh, break that down a bit and uh, and just connect it to, to our own desire as Canadian Streetlight. And, and I would argue, you know, any Christian's desire uh, should should flow from this same kind of heart that Paul himself had because it is the same spirit at work within us who was at work within Paul. And uh, so, you know, right at, right at the get-go, you see Paul identify himself. Now, now most translations will translate it a servant of God or, you know, some try to go a little bit bolder, bond servant. Um, but unfortunately, even those translations still miss, I think, the real essence of, of what Paul is, is saying. Uh, the Greek word is doulos, which is slave. It, it, not just any slave. It was the, the, the household slave, almost the lowest of low slaves in, in that culture. And so Paul is identifying himself as a lowly, humble slave of Christ. And we see Peter do the same thing. James, uh, the half-brother of Christ, uh, does the same thing in his epistle. And it's the same word, doulos. And, and so it's it's amazing to see these men who, you know, in our thinking may have had some grounds for boasting because here they are, men who have seen the risen Lord. Um, not, not, not as much Paul in regards to walking with Christ in his earthly ministry, but certainly... Uh, able to boast on, on, on seeing Christ in his resurrected uh, form as he was taken up um, into heaven uh, spiritually. And and also, you know, they're, they're Jews. Uh, Paul himself was from the tribe of Benjamin, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was trained uh, under one of the greatest teachers of that day, Gamaliel. And and so, you know, you would think in, in a natural sense, here's a man who, who has a, a ground for boasting on, on many levels, but he lays all of that aside and simply identifies himself as a slave of God, a slave of God. And, and I think that is a great place for us to start um, in, in whatever we're doing, you know, if it's a podcast, if it's evangelism, um, ministry within church. That, that we're humble in our own uh, perspective of ourselves, that we, we ultimately are slaves of God, purchased out of our sin, purchased out of darkness by the blood of Christ. And, and as Christ, you know, you just envision yourself uh, standing in a slave market and, and your, your taskmaster is not a gracious man, but a wicked man who laughs at your pain, who laughs at your destruction, and ultimately wants to see you suffer with him. That, that is a picture of lost man held captive to the devil, and, and that's where we all stood. Um, and yet then Christ steps into the market, and he points at us. He says your name, you know, he says Aaron. Uh, I, want to, I want to buy Aaron. And... Perhaps the, the enemy would laugh and say, you know, you, you can't. He is mine by rights. I own him. Um, and, and the price to redeem him is more than any man can pay. 
And what Christ does is he then, as God, the Son of God, he humbles himself, becomes a man, and he lays down his life as payment to purchase us out of that slave market, out of that bondage to the enemy. It is the only uh, payment that would suffice to purchase us back unto God. And, uh, and so now we are owned by Christ. We are uh, slaves of Christ. But it is not a, a, a bad type of slavery. It is a glorious type of slavery in which we find ourselves with a glorious master, a master who is rich in love, abounding in compassion and mercy, and who not only adopts us um, and buys us as slaves, but then even goes farther and adopts us as sons into his family and makes us joint heir with him in his inheritance. It is a glorious picture. And, and I think, you know, a lot of times because of the the negative connotations around slavery, uh, which may be why many translations neglect to just translate the word doulas as slave, um, because, you know, we have these negative uh, images in our minds as to what's what we've seen in slavery in North America and and um, even in Europe, but uh, in a world scale, you know, but in, in that culture, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing because for for a slave who had a good master, there was a sense of security in that. There was a sense of even protection uh, from from bandits and uh, you know just provision, and that is very much the picture of us in Christ. And so, all that to say um, that that you know we, we at, at Canadian Streetlight and and for myself and Mike and and others who will come on the show, uh, we want to see ourselves as blood bought slaves of Christ. Um, just simply seeking to do our master's will and to please our master. And then Paul would go on in Titus 1, and he would say an apostle of, of Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, uh, well, hopefully, obviously, uh, we're, we're not claiming to be apostles um, in that same sense uh, of office. You know, and I know the, the word apostle uh, simply means sent ones, but I think there is an important distinction in that there is an apostolic office that is reserved for um, the twelve, you know, minus Judas, and, and that office was a place of uh, unique um, authority to pen scripture uh, with unique giftings and empowering to perform signs and wonders to confirm that apostolic authority. And so, of course, in that sense, we're not identifying with Paul there. Um, but, you know, at, at the same time, we are ambassadors of Christ. And there's another word uh, that we could use, ambassadors of Christ. Um, and Paul uses that word. And I think that can apply to to all of us who have the spirit of Christ, because uh, this is the nature of, of being a spirit-filled person that we, uh, as Paul would say, it is as though as Christ um, in Second Corinthians five twenty, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God, and so, and so God is making His appeal through us by His Spirit, and in that sense, we, um, you know, I wouldn't use the word apostles, but but it is our prayer and and our desire that God would reconcile men through our 
teaching, through our preaching, through our efforts, through podcasts, or whatever means possible, um, that we would be about that work, reaching the lost, being sent out uh, for the sake uh, of the elect, which gets into the, the next part that, that I just find so amazing that Paul uh, uses. He, he's, a, he's a slave of God. He's an apostle of Jesus Christ. And then he tells us, you know, what kind of what the end that he's working towards. And it is, he says, for the sake of the faith of God's elect. For the sake of the faith of God's elect. Paul, you know, you know, I've heard people argue that the doctrine of election uh, would kill evangelism or would make us into passive um, people who just sit around and wait for God to do everything. But that, that was definitely not Paul's experience in regards to the doctrine of election. Paul uh, saw himself on an apostolic mission as a slave of God, laboring uh, not just for, you know, a um, potential people of God, not just a hypothetical remnant, but an elect people of God. And so he had this sense of confidence as he moved from town to town throughout Asia, um, you know, all throughout his ministry, that there was an elect for which he was laboring. There was an elect people of God, a people whom God has reserved for salvation to place his grace and favor upon. And for those people, Paul says, uh, it is for them that he is laboring. And, and and what, you know, what specifically in regards to this elect people is Paul laboring? Uh, he would say their knowledge of the truth. And so Paul, uh, having been given the truth by Christ, enabled by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, Paul is seeking to take that truth to God's elect and uh, so that their faith might be brought to life, that it might be increased um, if they're already believing. And, and this is for the elect. And so it's for their knowledge of the truth. And Paul says, which accords with godliness, that, that their life would begin to be uh, transformed by this, this knowledge of the truth and by this faith in, in Jesus Christ. And it's just an amazing picture of what is motivating Paul as you see this man endure, uh, you know, just enormous hardship in his life. And yet he continues to press on. He continues to proclaim the gospel. And even, you know, even after being stoned to the brink of death, he would get up and go back into the town to proclaim the gospel. And, and it's for the sake of godliness. Um, reminds me of a quote of Calvin. Uh, I've been reading through the little, I think it's the golden booklet of true Christianity or the true Christian life uh, by John Calvin. Uh, which I might talk about a little bit later, but uh, Calvin in there said that the goal of the new life is that God's children exhibit uh, melody and harmony in their conduct. What melody? The song of God's justice. What harmony? The harmony between God's righteousness and our obedience. And he would go on to say the plan 
of Scripture for a Christian walk is twofold. First, that we be instructed in the law to love righteousness because by nature we are not inclined to do so. Second, that we be shown a simple rule that we may not waver in our race. And so holiness and, and uh, godliness um, is, is, is something that Paul very much holds closely to this knowledge of the truth, that a, a real understanding, a real knowledge of the truth will accord with godliness. And so, you know, this is our prayer as well, that, that we be about seeking the elect of God and we be about reaching them, you know, there's nothing comfortable about standing on a street corner and preaching or engaging a complete stranger in conversation with a gospel track or a gospel discussion. Um, But we do that for the sake of the elect, knowing that there are sheep who are yet to hear the gospel of their salvation. And when they do, when they hear that knowledge of the truth um, and and that, that faith is wrought by the Spirit that their lives also will begin to accord with godliness. And Paul would then go on, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began, and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God, our Savior. And so Paul has this eternal picture of humanity, of his ministry. And and he, he says that it's in hope of eternal life. And, and, and again, hope, uh, you know, we think of hope as a wish, as something that might possibly happen that we're, you know, I hope that um, we get a few more sunny days before winter hits. You know, I mean, we, we had our, our first real snowfall uh, here today, and it's kind of melting right now. And so, you know, here in northern Canada, we're... we're Someone might say, I'm hoping for one more, you know, hot, sunny day before it's full out winter. And uh, we're back to, uh, you know, digging our driveways out and all that. So we use hope in that kind of wishful sense, but that's not the biblical sense of hope. Hope is a confidence. It is something that is sure. And so Paul is saying in hope, in in the assurance, in the confidence of eternal life, uh, which God who never lies promised before the ages began, and again, you see this eternal um, plan of God that is unfolding that we get to be a part of. And this is very much our desire that we are a part of this plan which God promised before time began. And then Paul says, at the proper time, manifest in his word through the preaching with which I've been entrusted. And so the preaching, the proclamation of God's word, the proclamation of of what Christ has done in coming, fulfilling the law, living a perfectly obedient life to the Father, and then dying on a cross and, and taking upon himself the full wrath of God upon his shoulders. And yet, after three days, being raised back to life by the Spirit of God, According to the plan of the Father, Christ conquers sin, conquers death, and reigns victoriously. And then, after having taken our sin upon himself, he then imputes his righteousness to us. And as we proclaim this, as we uh, talk about this and, and, and teach about these things, um, it is 
that this work of of gathering this elect of of uh, bringing the knowledge of the truth to the elect and and um, for the sake of the faith their faith that as these things are proclaimed that unfolds and so it's a glorious thing and you know i think that that would be a good summary of uh, what our desire is at Canadian Streetlight, and you know, it's it's obviously not unique to us. This should be the heart of every church, every Christian, uh, because this is this is the Word of God in Titus one, and so you know, that's just a little bit about where we're coming from, what we're trying to to accomplish. Um, I know on our website, uh, it's the information is there, but but we're based out of uh, Grand Prairie, Alberta, and our home church is Coram Deo Baptist Church. And uh, I'm, I'm myself currently. I'm, I'm working through an eldership process there. Uh, we're, we're a fairly small church, but uh, you know, I've just been so encouraged to see how God continues to faithfully guide us and uh, our pastor. Uh, it just faithfully teaches the Word of God, and, and he commits himself to pray um, with with the men. And, and as we do these things, God is so faithful to work and so yeah the church website you can get a link through the canadian streetlight.ca um but it's quorumdeogp.com and you can check out uh, some more sermons there from our pastor uh, a few from myself and, and some other men as well and then uh, i mentioned it to you, our website uh, canadian streetlight.ca uh, is up and going and trying to keep it updated. Uh, it's it's uh, a bit of a challenge. I've got three young children um, and my wife, and, and she, we're actually expecting an, another, our, our fourth boy here. Um, well, any time, really, I guess the due date's the 8th, 8th to 12th, somewhere in there. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, it is a challenge to find the time to keep these things updated, but, you know, we're, we're trying, and like I say, Mike's and a bit of a point of transition right now with moving and stuff. So, um, but we'd love to hear from you. We would love to uh, get any feedback uh, from either the podcasts or the website or just some requests of things that would be helpful uh, to you. And as I said, we're, we're in Northern Alberta. And so I think, you know, one of our prayers, you know, I talked about how we're laboring for the sake of the faith of God's elect. But, you know, I think even specifically in, in Canada, um, not just northern Canada, but just just the Canadian people. You know, both uh, Mike and I have grown up in Canada, and and just a real heart to see the gospel penetrate this nation and the communities around us. And so, if you're if you catch, you know, if you're listening to this and and you're in Canada or have some ministry connections, uh, we'd be so blessed to see some of those things. Um, that we, you know, be connected together, that we could encourage one another and uh, and labor together in, in this harvest field. But of course, from from anywhere else in the world too, um, you know, we, we want to be globally minded in regards to the gospel, of course. So that's a bit about our websites. Um, and what else? I was gonna I was gonna talk a little bit about uh, something that I was extremely blessed by. Um, now I don't know, you know, on our website we have a link uh, of recommended resources page, and on one of the links there is Apologia Radio. Um, now I, I tend to use their resources a lot, um, just because I, I have been so blessed by it. I find 
um, just them so helpful in, in their desire to really penetrate the culture around them with the gospel. And one of the things they did for the All Access members this past week was they they give us access to watch uh, a new movie that actually hasn't even hit theaters yet. I think it's going to hit theaters on the 6th. Now, that's more in the United States. I'm really not sure if they're going to have much of a presence in Canada, but eventually it will come out on DVD and be available to buy uh, through Amazon and stuff, I'm sure. But it's called The Free Speech Apocalypse, and it's a Darren Doan film. And uh, he he's done a few, I think, Collision, um, Unconditional, I believe was another one, uh, or part of that. I think also with Kirk Cameron, he's worked some there. Um, but this Free Speech Apocalypse, uh, Doug Wilson, Pastor Doug Wilson, uh, is a documentary on uh, what, what, what went, was meant to be an outreach at a, at a college campus or a university and he he was talking about um, that how we are sexual by design, and from a biblical worldview, trying to present biblical a biblical understanding of our sexuality, and uh, you know really laying out how the the scriptures are clear on what God um, declares as good, which you know sex in the context of marriage. Um, and what is sin? And so he he was talking about there the perversions um, in in our day and time, not only homosexuality, but um, you know just sex outside of marriage in general, and you know even got into um, issues regarding children, and uh, and also got into abortion. And and so they they do a documentary on on his um, session there, his outreach, and just the the uproar from the students against what he was trying to say and and it was shocking you know you obviously we, we watch the news and we're aware of that the, these are politically hot topics right now and that anybody daring to speak out against such issues will take a lot of heat uh, especially in the, in the United States right now because they have just recently uh, or the Supreme Court has just recently declared that all of the states are now to uh, condone and uh, allow same-sex marriages. So it's obviously even more so a hot topic. You know, in Canada, we've we're, we're kind of farther down that path, I suppose, as as that has been the case in Canada for for many years now. Um, but uh, but I so appreciated uh, Apologia giving us access to that and was. I uh, was encouraged, but also convicted um, and shocked. You know, there's an element of uh, w- when you see a documentary like that and you realize the current condition of our culture and the animosity against the Christian worldview by and large, uh, the biblical Christian worldview. You know, even in that documentary, I, I couldn't believe how at one point Doug Wilson, um, he was just talking about his worldview from the scriptures and, um, you know, calling sin, sin. And uh, the the one student said, well, you know, don't label me in that group. You you don't use the word we because I don't agree with you. And Doug Wilson was like, well, what I mean by we is we Christians. And then from the audience, there was an uproar of protest from supposed professing Christians who said, well, you know, not all Christians agree with you or 
and it was just an eye-opening thing in realizing that even the the term Christian uh, now has become so broad, so ambiguous that we almost need, you know, I mean, we almost need a new term. I love the term Christian um, just because, you know, Christ followers. Um, but yeah, it was it was just an eye-opening documentary. And so I, I encourage you to watch that. Um, even if you're maybe not a believer or not in support of, of uh, the Christian worldview, I think Doug Wilson ha- does a great job of laying out some just clear arguments uh, for the Christian worldview and the contradictions within uh, opposing worldviews that would come against uh, those issues. Now, again, it, it's uh, it, it's more it's more applicable. You know, I think to people living in the United States politically, because the political structure and dynamics are different than in Canada. You know, we we're not a capitalist country. We don't we're not really constitutionally driven in our origins. We're we're quite openly uh, a democratic uh, socialist country is how how we function, and, and you know we don't really state otherwise. Um, so, you know, there, there's some differences there, but, but I think it even convicted me to, to be more politically aware, um, you know, how do these issues play out in Canada? How, how do they work their way, um, into our laws, into, uh, our schools and, and those kinds of things. And often I know for myself, I tend to withdraw, uh, from political issues, and and and, I, and I'm realizing more and more that that's that's not really the solution. That we should be a people who can talk on those levels, who can engage on those levels, and who are seeking to bring the truth of God's word into every uh, part of society, seeking to bring the light of Christ into every corner and every crevice of our our, our nation and of the world, ultimately. And so, you know, I'll, I'll wind it down here, but I, I was just going to read this proverb because it's been one that's been on, on my mind uh, for a few weeks now. I just finished going through the Proverbs. And so uh, this one, you know, I just continued to seem to have it on my mind. And I couldn't help but think of it in regards to, to Doug Wilson and just the documentary Free Speech Apocalypse. It's uh, Proverbs twenty five twenty six, which says, Like a muddied spring or a polluted fountain is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. Proverbs twenty five twenty six. And how often, even in my own life, is that the case, that we give way uh, before the wicked, that, that we don't say anything, or that we, you know, by our silence, really condone uh, the wickedness around us. You know, it could be an issue of like abortion. Um, it could even be, you know, I, I remember even back in uh, high school or Bible school for that matter, um, sin that, that you saw but didn't want to rock the boat. And so, you, you know, you don't say anything, you don't address it. And And this proverb has been so convicting that it is saying, that's like that's like a muddied spring or a polluted fountain. You know, one would look at a spring from a distance after traveling for many hours 
And there would be great hope, great anticipation that I'm going to be refreshed. I'm going to be encouraged. I'm going to be renewed by this wonderful spring. And then you get there and it's it's just muddy and the water is undrinkable. And how disappointing that would be. And as Christians, um, how often we become like that in a culture, in a, in a society, when there's so few pure springs, pure fountains present anymore and how desperately we need to be men and women who stand upon God's word. Men men like Doug Wilson who are willing to to take the mockery to become America's most hated pastor, you know, for the sake of uh, the faith of God's elect. And and that's our prayer, you know, that, that we grow in these things. Um, just in our outreach here in northern Canada, and that we also encourage others to to do likewise and to not fear um, what man can do, right? Because Jesus said, do not fear man that can destroy the body, but fear the one who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. And so we want to be God-fearers. We want to live... um, as Paul did, um, as many men like Doug Wilson are today. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, hopefully get back um, in the days to come. Uh, Mike will get all settled into his new place, and we'll carry on some more podcasts at that point. But until then, uh, I hope you can uh, check out the website. Um, we kind of got a, a Facebook page in the works as well. And we'd love to hear from you. And I pray that you are encouraged. And if you do not know Christ, um, you know, maybe you have this picture of Christians as just being religious, just being, you know, another set of rules to abide by. I want to clarify that, that we are not first and foremost about rules or religion but we are first and foremost about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, who has made all things and who John says in John 1 that without him was not anything made that was made. Everything was made by him. We, he is our King. Um, he is the creator of all things. And so we want to be about Jesus Christ. And we find uh, his words in the Bible, in the scriptures. And we find... Uh, the account of his life and his followers and and we find that that those words are god breathed uh, we're told by paul in second timothy uh, and and peter uh, talks about that as well that, that they are words breathed out by god and so as we read the scriptures we we realize that it is god himself that is speaking through these things. And so I encourage you to to get into the word, to search out the scriptures and plead with you to look unto Christ, uh, repent of your sin, turn from it because it only leads to death. The devil may promise you know liberty and freedom and joy and satisfaction, but we know that that those things which often promise so much leave us worse than before. They bring death, they bring destruction and pain and ultimately will cast us into hell 
if we do not repent and look unto Christ, look unto his sacrifice upon the cross, receive his forgiveness through his blood, and walk in newness in life by his spirit. That That is what we want to be about. Not about rules, not about, you know, even uh, whatever, promoting a website or a podcast, but promoting Jesus Christ. And so I, I plead with you, read the scriptures, read the accounts of his apostles, and perhaps God would be pleased to grant you repentance, to grant you faith, and bring you into the fold of his sheep, um, his children, to buy you off of that slave market of sin, buy you from the, 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 the dominion of Satan upon you, and bring you into his kingdom of light, of hope, of adoption as sons, with a glorious inheritance. And so, blessings. And uh, next time, uh, Lord willing, Mike will be with me. And perhaps in the days to come too, I'd love to get uh, Pastor Ben on here and maybe some of the other guys from uh, Cormdale Baptist Church. But until then, blessings to you. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadian Streetlight Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or perhaps a podcast suggestion or topic, visit us online at canadianstreetlight.ca. Soli Deo Gloria.